Welcome everyone, this is the Case and Company podcast. It is October 5th, it's another beautiful day outside, uh, but we got a lot to talk to about, so I'm just going to get right into it. Of course tonight, we got the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, they're going head to head. This is going to be an interesting series, the rivalry hopefully is going to be reignited. We already know what happened this season. The Red Sox won the division, won 108 games, and the Yankees won 100. The Yankees, if you're a Yankees supporter, you could say that Aaron Judge being out really hurt the team, uh, especially when they were swept uh, in that earlier series um, midway through the summer. Uh, But the Red Sox won the division. And hold the best record in baseball. So uh, we're finally here. The matchup is tonight. And we're going to see Sale versus Jay Happ. And uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think the Yankees, a lot of Yankee fans, it seems just talking to them, have kind of taken a deep breath after beating, uh, beating the Athletics so easily. So I think now it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the... The Red Sox are an incredible team. They've shown that this season, uh, but so are the Yankees. They're almost uh, – this is the best matchup we could have hoped uh, to see. And uh, let's just talk about a few points, especially about tonight. Sale uh, has been going through a few injuries. Um, his last start, he only pitched, um, only was able to hit a part of me. Uh, around 90 miles per hour. That's that's quite low for him. He's normally around 97, 98. Um, but he's a dominant pitcher, and it, it always seems to be that he always kind of slows down uh, towards the postseason, and that's when he he uh, he kind of uh, loses his steam. Um, and you could say that's due to his uh, small frame and his physique. Uh, but he's he seems to be laboring. Um uh, and that, that, that definitely looks good for the Yankees, but in no way should the Yankees be going in this game thinking they're going up against a subpar Sale. Uh, because Sale, I mean, could be playing possum. I mean, it, it's, it sounds weird, but he, he could be. Uh, the Red Sox, I know he's been on the DL a, a couple of times uh, recently. Stranger things have happened, but the Yankees in, in no way should be taking this team lightly. The Red Sox have a very potent lineup. So Jay Happ, who has had great numbers against the Red Sox uh, during his career and and uh, since he's come over from the uh, Blue Jays to the Yankees, has shown that he's able to handle the Red Sox. And I think he's the perfect game one starter. And it was so great that the Yankees were able to go with Severino. In that wild card game, and then eventually, um, now they set it up where Hap is going to start, uh, and then they can get Tanaka at Fenway in Game Two, and and that'll keep him away from pitching uh, at Yankee Stadium, uh, which has definitely given him some problems. You know, he he has tendency to give up home runs, so uh, Yankee Stadium is not the best uh, place for him to pitch. But Jay Happ, like I said, has been pitching pretty well for the Yankees, and, and this is going to be a greater matchup. Sale, Sale, Happ. 
you know, these teams are evenly matched. It's going to be difficult. There's not going to be a lot of a lot of things that are going to differentiate these teams. It's going to be really uh, pretty even. I know throughout the season there's been kind of some lopsided wins, victories throughout the series. But this is playoff time. I think the, I think the game's going to be a lot tighter. Um, but let's start with the Red Sox. Sales pitching. They're hoping hoping they're going to get the best out of him. Uh, because God forbid they lose, they're going to have to go to Price on in Game Two, who's had trouble against the Yankees uh, and has had his own struggles in the postseason throughout his career. So it's going to be important for if if you're the Red Sox to get Sale going. Um, he, you know, he's he's a workhorse. He's their ace. They're going to go with him. And it's going to be important for him to give him some sort of length because that bullpen for the Red Sox is, is kind of shaky until they can bridge that gap to get to Kimbrell, uh, who has been pretty consistent this year. But they're going to have to have Sale give him a, a pretty lengthy outing. Um, and, you know, we already know their offense, their opponent offense with Mookie Betts uh, leading things off. They got J.D. Martinez in there. Um Bogarts, they have a very potent lineup, just like the Yankees do on the other side of things. But the Red Sox scored a lot of runs this year. Uh, their pitching rotation is somewhat suspect, and their bullpen is somewhat suspect. So Sale's really this is, if anything, there's a lot of pressure for Sale. He's going to have to come out there. He's going to have to throw out a gem. Uh, but if the Red Sox do lose. I, if I'm a Red Sox supporter and if I'm on the Red Sox team, I'm looking at. Um, a few worried faces in that dugout and, and that fan base just because they're going to have to go to Price. I mean, he's pitched better at home, so I'm, if if you're a supporter, it looks better that he's going to have to uh, pitch at home. So, um, But if Sale is able to win this game and then Price essentially has you know some breathing room to just go out there and be free, and, and then that will be a scary thing for the Yankees to deal with. Uh, but, but going to the Yankees... They're coming off the wild card win. I think, like I said earlier, a lot of Yankee fans took a deep breath. And in this series, I think the Red Sox have a lot of pressure just from the amount of uh, the wins they had this year. That The teams that always win the most games uh, normally have that added pressure to them. But the Yankees have their own pressure. They're coming off a season last year where they were one game away from heading to the World Series. Um, they get Giancarlo Stanton this year. And I think their team is, is improved mightily, especially the bullpen, of course, is is highly touted with uh, Batances out there. You got uh, Zach Britton. Unfortunately, he gave up a two-run homer um, in the wild card game, but he's he's always a, a mainstay there. Araldis Chapman's finally back and healthy. And, of course, Chad Green can give you some length in those middle innings. Uh, but their starter, Jay Happ, you know, he, he's someone that can give him length. He's a veteran presence. Um, he's he's it doesn't seem like a moment's ever too big for him. So it's a great, great option for uh, the rookie manager, Aaron Boone, to be able to go to a guy like Jay Happ. Uh, then Tanaka, of course, the next game. And then go back to Severino uh, in game three when he's back home. Comfortable environment. And hopefully uh, for Yankee fans, he could, he could bring that same kind of energy. But for this game one, it, it's all going to be about the Yankees and, and them trying to get to the Red Sox bullpen. Um, they're going to have to... You know, Sales is one of those guys, you know, he, he pitches, doesn't normally doesn't pitch over 100 pitches, uh, but it's going to be important for the Yankees to, to, to uh, extend at bats, give, you know, high, uh, long counts. 
um, and, and get him out of the game so that they can get to that Red Sox bullpen. Uh, this definitely struggled before getting to Kimball Lake, I said earlier. But the Yankees definitely do need to have some uh, some good at-bats in this game and get to that bullpen. I just want to take a look at the, the two X factors for both for each team in this series. And, and for the Yankees, this might shock you. I know he's a big part and he's a guy they signed, uh, traded over from in the offseason. But a guy like Stanton, this is... This is the moment the Yankees really need a guy like Stanton. You know Judge is going to come through. You know he's going to do what he has to do. Didi is going to be a savvy veteran. Uh, but they have a lot of young guys in their lineup. And Duhar, uh, Glaber Torres, and, and Voigt. They, ha- they have a bunch of young guys in the lineup. Uh, um, Stanton is a veteran presence, but he's also um, one of the top players in the league. And he's shown that over his years in uh, with the Marlins. But I believe he is the X factor for the Yankees. They're gonna have to. He's gonna have to have some big moments. This is his time. It's October. Uh, it finally seems to be swinging the bat a lot better. The Yankees finally the other day hit a home run uh, in that game, and that must have given him a huge confidence, especially at home in, in Yankee Stadium, where he's definitely struggled. Um, he's been he's been great against the the Red Sox, batting around 400 against them this season. So he's definitely got some good numbers against them. Uh, but it's his moment. You know, there's going to be a lot of attention, like I said, on some of the other guys. Uh, but Stan is going to have his, his spotlight um, on him as well. But he's he's the true X factor for the Yankees. And he's going to have to step up if the Yankees are going to have a chance to beat the Red Sox in this series and move on uh, to the ALCS. And for the Red Sox, I think a guy, the X factor... And this is a starting pitcher. Um, I think their lineup is already potent. They got a lot of guys, a lot of uh, a lot of players that have gotten playoff experience already. Um, they got Sale, and, and they've got they got Kimball in the bullpen. But I think for the Red Sox, it's gonna be a guy like Price, David Price, just because he has struggled so mightily in the playoffs throughout his career. There's all these doubters about him. He can't pitch in the playoffs. He can't he can't he can't pitch in these high leverage situations and he's going to be in a very high leverage situation. God forbid a sale is not able to pitch well tonight and the Yankees can win this steal this first game. So I think Price is the X factor in this series. I mean, he's most likely going to get one start in this series. Um but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Price. I mean, he's he's gotta he's gotta prove the doubters wrong. He, you know, he has very solid numbers in the regular season, but he's not been able to have that that key moment in the playoffs. And what bigger moment would it be for the Red Sox um, for him to come in Game Two and, and get a win for them and, and pitch well in front of the home crowd? Because everyone's already doubting him; they already don't believe he can do it. So just having that confidence, I believe he's that X factor for the Red Sox. They need that. They might need that. That that game to win might be their season. So he truly is their X factor. He's going to have to go out there and pitch uh, like he's never pitched before. My prediction for this game, I think the Red Sox are are going to win this first game. I'm sorry, Yankee fans, but I just feel the Red Sox. They've had this great year. They got sale on the mound. I mean, 
even a 80, 75% sale is better than um, anything the Red Sox have right now. And, and you know, he... We don't know. We don't know. He might just. He might have just been taking it easy. They had already clinched the the division. They've already clinched playoffs a long time ago. So he might have just been taking it easy. A guy like Sale, you can't doubt him. He throws some that. He throws nasty pitches. If he can, if he could get the fastball going around the ninety-seven miles per hour and then mix in with the slider, he's nearly in, unhittable at that point. So the Red Sox, I believe, are going to win this first game. I think that's going to take a lot of pressure off them. Price is going to be able to come out game two. I don't know if he's going to win or lose, but he's going to be able to to come in with the. Uh, um, I guess a relaxed feel um, instead of having to have that high leverage pressure that that he might have it if uh, Sale is to lose this game. The Yankees fans they shouldn't worry. I mean Sale is a great pitcher. They can they have Price up next. It's it's almost I think the Yankee fans have almost taken a deep breath and relaxed. And I it's it's going to be a great series. No matter what happens, it'll be a great series. No matter what side you're rooting for. Of course, if you're a Red Sox and a Yankee fan, you're going to be invested in this more heavily than others. But I think this is the series to watch uh, for this round of the playoffs. Yankee Red Sox, come on. It's Yankee Red Sox baseball. Uh, There's always into the classics, especially in October. Um, so it's, it's going to be great to, to watch. Uh, tune in tonight. They're, they're playing tonight. And it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be one hell of a, a game in a series between them. And it's great to see... Uh, sale and half. That's a that's that's a great matchup, the best matchup I think we're gonna see uh, this series amongst the pitchers. <sighs> Speaking of Boston, let let's go to last night's Thursday night football game, where the 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 Patriots and the the Colts met again on Thursday night football. It was a pretty solid game for both teams. I was surprised early on the Patriots dominated as as needed, but they would end up winning uh, 38-24 and, and bring their record to 3-2. and two. Um, The Colts, unfortunately, are 1-4 now, but Luck looked pretty pretty good out there. He had a great game. The gut, one guy we got to talk about on the Patriots is the GOAT number 12, and he had one hell of a game last night, and he... He reached the milestone last night. This guy can do it all. 500 TDs in his career for Mr. Mr. 12, TB12 himself. And who did he throw to? Josh Flash Gordon. Uh, that was that play was, was pretty crazy. Uh, two guys on him. Uh, but he's able to reach up and get that ball, and, and and Brady, you know, he's it's incredible to see what he's able to do still at at his uh, his age. Um, now and and he, he doesn't seem like he's slowing down. I mean, earlier in this season it seemed as if he was slowing down, but you know what? He always comes back. And, and that notion about the Patriots always struggling in September—it really, you you always see that, and, and you just hope. I, I, I mean, as a fan, I'm openly a Jets fan, and you hope maybe is this the end of the Patriots? And what happens every time? They end up still winning 12, 13 games every season. Um, some would say, you know, that's not hard in the, the, the division they're in. The, you know, you're facing the, the, the Buffalo Bills twice, you're facing the Jets twice, and you're facing Miami twice, who they just destroyed last week. So, that, that you know, that those are those are games that they, they should win, um, most of them, if not all of them. 
But the Patriots are back. You know, I think everyone's... If anyone was worried about them, they're back. They're gonna. They're most likely at this point. I would have to say are going to be the AFC East champs. Definitely, I think that's not nothing to question at this point. And if you're better, I think that's where the money should always be, uh, especially over this long run they've had. But this brings me to another question, and is whether can we see the Patriots in the Super Bowl again, uh, coming out of the AFC and. It's hard to tell. This still very early in the season for them. You assume they're definitely going to win the East, unless something crazy happens. Unless Brady gets hurt, they're going to win the East again. Um, it, it just depends on how the other teams are matched up against them. Uh, Kansas City are already four and zero, so they're going to have to uh, struggle at some point if the Patriots are going to have home field advantage. Uh, and we already know how difficult it is for teams coming to Foxborough during the playoffs and, and how easily the Patriots are able to dismantle teams throughout those runs on their way to the Super Bowl. But it was nice probably for for Brady to get uh, Julian Edelman back. He's finally back. Uh, definitely, it seems like the, the wide receiver core is getting stronger and stronger uh, with Gordon getting situated with the team and now Edelman back. And then Gronk, of course, is always... Uh, a red zone target for Brady. So I can't bet against the Patriots representing the AFC again, but it but 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 right now I'd have to say Kansas City and that could be an overreaction based on the way they how they're undefeated right now. But it but it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think down the stretch it, it would be interesting if if the Patriots have to travel to Arrowhead um t- to face a guy a high powered offense like uh, what Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt are able to do and Travis Kelsey are able to do down there in Kansas City and um, what they've been able to do thus far. But the Patriots, like I said, they're going to win the East. Who knows what happens to them besides that. Uh, but I wouldn't bet I wouldn't bet against the Patriots making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, they fell short last year, and, and we know what happened the year before. So, you know, you can never doubt this, this Patriots team. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of them, and I wasn't worried. So I think their fans are fine. And, and honestly, it must be nice to be a Patriots fan because you're watching a game every Sunday or Thursday or Monday. And you don't have to worry about it. The regular season is like a snooze for them. You just snooze. You're just sleeping. You're relaxed. No worries. You sit down. Have a nice cold beer. Everything is fine. You say dilly dilly. I mean, everything is 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 fine. But they, that's not fine with every team, though. Not every team has that luxury. And that brings me to the preview of the Jets first Bronco games this week weekend. This Sunday to be exact. And the Jets, they start in their three-week three homestand. Uh, this this is the, the start of that. Uh, they're coming off a few tough losses at the Browns. Um, and then last week at Jacksonville, they really laid a goose egg there. I thought the Browns game was embarrassing. And then I, and then I watched last week's game. And my... God, this team has some issues. A lot of them. A lot of issues with this team right now. And it all starts with this defense. Come on, Todd Bowles. I thought Todd Bowles was supposed to be this defensive guru, this genius. And this defense is horrible. 
Horrible. I don't I don't understand. Last week was they should just throw that film out. I mean, don't even watch that. I mean, that was embarrassing. They the the was it Jacksonville? Blake Bortles was looking like Tom Brady out there. I mean, given that he was throwing the same the same route, it, it almost felt like it was a Madden game. You know when you play Madden and you, you start running the same play? Someone's playing running the same play? That's what it felt like. It was shallow, shallow cross, shallow cross, shallow cross. And, and then at one point when they scored right before half... No one touched the guy on on a on a, a check down, like no one even touched him on the Jets, and and you just know, you just know the Jets. You just you can tell if it's going to be a good game or not. On uh, it, just it wasn't, uh, and this defense has been really disappointing as of late and moving forward. Uh, it needs to get changed. They said they're gonna have some changes there you know and they know they know they they know they need to play better but come on i mean this is this is for the talent they have on this defensive side of the ball they need to be able to make some changes and it's just not happening for them right now but this this is a big home stand for them hopefully the home crowd can get into it and this defense can step up you know they had some turnovers last week uh, three to be exact, and they still lost. Um, and then that could be the rookie quarterback. They had some good field position. They just weren't able to capitalize seven um, and were left kicking field goals when they really needed seven last week. But the defense needs to step up. These these, I can only imagine that the Broncos are coming in, watching that film from last week, and are going to try that same exact scheme that the... the... Sorry, the... Jacksonville Jaguars, my bad, uh, ran last week. You know the Jets hopefully are going to fix that, but it seems like the Jets, they have one issue, they fix that, and then the next week a team does something different, and then they're not prepared for that. So this team really needs to come out firing. Um, The offense is what it is. You know, Sam, (coughs) sorry, made some nice throws last week. Did some great stuff, but he, you know, he's showing some improvement. Uh, the offensive line needs to play a whole lot of heck better. Um, he's got no time back there, and the running game needs to get going. I mean, that 26 yards between Crowell and Powell, Crowell and Powell, just is not going to cut it for this team. We need to get the running game going again, and then that will help our young QB get some time in the pocket. And then Sam has to make some of those throws. He knows it. He's got to make that throw to Robbie Anderson. He's got to make that throw to Quincy and Nunwa. And then that throw to Bilal Powell last week. Uh, and, and I think as the season progresses, he's going to able to be able to do that. You know, this team, no one thought we are supposed to be that great. The Lions game was... Uh, no, that wasn't even a game, but that you know, I think it's it's important for this team to to really rally now because I don't know if I'm over exaggerating, but if if they God forbid they lose these three home games, I think Todd Bowles could be gone uh, in in these could be gone before the season ends, and and of course they have no one to go to at at coach, so they might just keep him around. But if they lose these three games and, it, and it's kind of ugly. 
in these games. I think there's no reason to keep Todd around. Uh, it, it just the season's over, of course, but it's just morale. I mean, here we go again. Uh, you know, game one, we said the culture has changed, and then it somehow just re returned to this state. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with this team. Just focus on the Broncos game. And let's see who can step up. People's got to step up on this team. The defense, like I said, has to step up offensively. The offensive line has to step up. If if I could pinpoint one player that needs to step up, I think it's... I don't even think I could pinpoint one player because there's just so many, you know, deficiencies on this team offensively. And then defensively, I think it's just as a unit. If anything, the defensive unit as a unit... um, I know Jamal Adams needs to step up. Darren Lee, they got to step up. They're veterans in that locker room. Uh, uh, Avery Williamson's a veteran. He's been playing well. And, um, you know, Henry Anderson's been playing well. He's, he's been getting the quarterback quite oftenly throughout this season. So he's definitely playing well. But this defense as a whole needs to come together. I know they're having a meeting today, a defensive-only meeting without the coaches. Hopefully they can clear that up. But they got to communicate. I mean... I could talk about this all day, but, I, I, you know, this is a homestand. I'm always a Jets fan. I'm always going to watch. But this homestand is is so vital for his team, not just for the wins and wins and losses, but they, they need to they need to come out. They need to I mean, they need to win these games, but they cannot go out here and lose every single one. That's just I don't, I don't even want to think about that because it's not going to happen. They're not going to lose every game during this homestand. They're going to come home. They're going to win against the Broncos. They're going to bring win it against the Colts. And then the Vikings, you know what? The Buffalo Bills could go up to Minnesota, beat them. I think the Jets could beat them at home. So I'm hoping it's at least a – I'm hoping, best-case scenario, it's a 3-0 and homestand. Worst-case scenario, man, one and – one and two. I mean, that's the worst case scenario, and the worst worst case scenario is world win three, and then, then I don't even I, I don't even know what I wouldn't even know what to say at that point. But they're not going to do that. They're not that bad. They they they're a decent team, so they'll be able to fix things. Hopefully, at least on the defensive side of the ball and offensively, Sam Darnold's going to improve. Well, we got another team in New York. Another struggling team in New York, and that's the New York football Giants. And they're going on the road to face the the Carolina Panthers. Key fact about this game is that Gettleman, uh, the GM of the Giants, is returning home to Carolina. So this should be a big game for, for the Giants. They need to get this win. They cannot go 1-4 to start the year. They didn't play that well last week. Their defense played pretty well against the Saints. But other than that, it wasn't a great game for them. And they need to make changes um, quickly. They need to get this win. Odell's already called out the team um, and his teammates about the, the lack of energy around the building and on the field. And, that and you know, I think Odell needs to get started because I could already tell last week he was getting frustrated by the throws, by Eli overthrowing him, and, and just the environment. You know, Odell has quite an attitude and and he's going to change at any moment and and you don't want to get Odell on that on that crazy path where he's starting to fight players he's starting to 
you know, proposed to kicking nets and all and all that that he does. But the Giants, they need this win really badly, but it, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, Carolina is one of those teams that's always been one of the steady teams in the league. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a hell of trouble for them. Um, uh, I hope they don't match up Alec Ogletree on, on Christian McCaffrey uh, because that's going to just be, ooh, for any fantasy owners that have a, a running back issue, um, and maybe you have three good running backs, and you can only you can only start two uh, because you have someone else in the flex. You better start Christian McCaffrey because he's going to go off against this Giants um, defense, um, and I think Carolina is going to be able to beat the Giants. Unfortunately for Giants fans, you know this is not the season they they wanted, but they got they have to. Uh, this is the last stand almost, and it's hard to believe we're only you know five weeks into the season. And and I'm saying this is a last stand, but this truly is a last stand for the Giants team if they realistically want to make the playoffs uh, this season. And, and they really need to make the playoffs just because they got Saquon Barkley, the moves they made in the offseason, and their front office telling the fans that, you know, they, they know they thought they could compete. So I think that both New York teams at this point are on different sides of the spectrum. They're going to... Uh, the Giants, of course, they need to make the playoffs. The Jets, they're still playing horrible, but you know nobody expected them to make the playoffs this year. I mean, I know Sports Illustrated gave them a decent record, but different sides of the spectrum at this point. But the Giants, they need to get this win. Um, I don't see it happening, but stranger things have happened in the NFL. And uh, maybe Odell can finally get in the end zone, and, and and that's what sparks him. I think Odell is the guy that sparks the Giants, and if he could get in the end zone, I think that just could jumpstart a lot of things. So getting him in the end zone is key for Eli this week. Man, we got a lot of Boston things on, on deck today. I mean, they're such a great sports city. I think any out of any sports city, Boston is right there, number one. Um, they've been number one in hockey and in basketball, in football and baseball. They're just always around. They're always competitive. It always seems, and it's unfortunate being a New Yorker and seeing the struggles we've had with our teams. And honestly, if you're a New Yorker, there's really only one team that's been pretty consistent. And that's the Yankees, the Rangers, I guess maybe, but. Everyone else has been pretty horrible for the most part. But getting that story, Kyrie yesterday uh, spoke to the fans in Boston and it stated that he, he's he's going to re-sign with Boston next offseason and there's already talks of him speaking with the front office and kind of getting that going already. But we've heard this from Kyrie before when he was in Cleveland. And so we don't know. He said it before. I just want to mention that quickly. But now they're saying that apparently Kyrie is trying to recruit an AD. For you, for those of you that don't know, Anthony Davis from the Pelicans to come join Boston next year, and that would be would be a crazy, crazy match. That would be a crazy lineup if they could get him to come over. AD's one of those players that has not been surrounded by great talent, but he's a great player. And him coming to Boston, you know, it's kind of been rumored. But if Kyrie can, you know, convince him to come to Boston, Boston's already going to be the kings of the East for the most part over these next few years. But if they could get a guy like AD to come in, man, that would 
that would really change the tide um, and really make him a competitor against a team like Golden State Warriors out west, who are the staple of the NBA and have been over the past few years. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Boston. Kyrie, is he going to resign? Is he not going to resign? A lot of people, you know, he's talked about coming to New York and whatnot, but you know, this season hasn't even started yet. Uh, we're still in the preseason. But Boston is the team to beat in the East. I I mean, they are the kings of the East right now. Uh, I mean, don't ask Tristan Thompson because he would say technically the Cavs are since they won the Eastern Conference last year and represented them in the NBA uh, Finals. But I think Boston's the king of the East. And if you look at the East, you know, there's not many teams you could say could challenge them. Um, it comes to mind, there's really, I mean, maybe Toronto, uh, that's even a reach. Um, Cavs, they're not competing with, they're not competing with, um, anybody really. But, you know, I think they're going to have a better year than a lot of people think. The Knicks, nah. There's really no other competition. There's no reason why the Celtics should not come out of the East this year. I mean, the Warriors, I mean, the Wizards, my bad. The Wizards is pretty solid always, and the Bucks. Uh, but there's no reason why they shouldn't come out of the East. And and that, that could be a lot of pressure for the, that young squad. But they, they definitely have the playoff experience from last year. And I think that's going to really carry them throughout the season, uh, through the playoffs, and, and possibly with a matchup with the Warriors. And I think that could be a great a matchup if... Uh, uh, Gordon and Kyrie can stay healthy. They're going. They're going to be a uh, quite a team, um, a team to be reckoned with over these next few years. <clears throat> I would say about the local teams, though, the Knicks and Nets. I mean, the Knicks are looking kind of promising at this point. The Nets. They look kind of the same. They added a few pieces. They finally have cap space, and they finally have their own draft pick. So hopefully they can develop that and and draft some players over the next few years. Uh, you know the Knicks actually look respectable for once. I think David Fisdale is a great coach for them. I think he's going to push the right buttons. He's going to push the team, and then you know, hopefully they could get Porzingis back, and he, he could still play at a high level. Um, and then they could pair him up with uh, free agent next summer, and then maybe if. They don't have a great year. They could pair him up with uh, a top draft pick, maybe one of the guys out of Duke, R.J. Barrett or Zion Williamson, uh, who both play at Duke. So it's going to be an interesting season for both the local teams. Uh, but like I said, Boston is coming out of the East, and that's where to put your money. Changing gears, though. To end today's show, I want to talk about my experience. I saw the movie. If you're all, if you're Marvel fans, I saw the new movie Venom. Don't worry, I'm not gonna spoil anything from the movie. I just want to talk about some of the hate that the movie got before it was released from the critics. A lot of people said it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of film they were hoping for. It wasn't a great film. It just seemed like a action film with no purpose don't listen to critics I mean if you're a fan you're gonna go see it anyway but I was kind of on the fence I was like you know what Venom I heard a lot of hype about this movie and then I saw the critics and they really didn't like it but this is this is gonna be interesting it's you know it's it it, it was a, a very um it wasn't the best film but it 
when it hit the mark, it hit it really well. I, I like the tone of the film. I like the connection between Ed Brock and Venom. And that kind of relationship was was really interesting to see on the big screen again. Because after Spider-Man 3, they, they just botched that whole thing. It just... It just it, that didn't work. But, but this Venom movie, it works. You know, like I said, the connection between the two. I know Ed, uh, Ed Hardy... Tom Hardy was able, was voicing both um, Ed Brock and Venom, so you know you know they did a great job with that, and I I love the humor in the movie. It, it kind of gave me a Deadpool vibe, but not that not that strong comedic wise. But but I thought that was the best part of the movie. I liked the I liked the supporting cast. They kind of drove the story along a little bit, a little bit. The villain, I thought he was pretty bland, but. You know he he did his purpose, and then and then the the love interest of Michelle played by Michelle Williams, and she she was pretty solid in the film. Um, she's a very respectable actor in Hollywood, and she's done some incredible films as well. Uh, but I thought her performance was was pretty pretty good. Um, she was probably, I mean, she's probably the most well known person in that film besides Tom Hardy. Uh, but she did a good job. It's, it's in, at times their chemistry wasn't fully there, but towards the end the, the chemistry is kind of it seems like it, it it works at the end. Um and in terms of a sequel, I'm, and, and like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything, but this film of course the mid-credit scene builds it up. Um and really guides towards the next film um the best way Marvel can. And I thought that scene was great. Um, I'm really surprising there. That's all I'm going to say. Surprising there. But this movie got a lot of hate by critics. But it, it, I, if if I had to rate it, I honestly would have rated it maybe an eight, maybe a little less than an eight. But it was it wasn't as horrible as people were saying. It was it was it was a Marvel movie. And it, it 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 did its job for what it was, and I like the extra humor, and I really do love the the connection that Tom Hardy had with Venom, uh, Ed Brock, excuse me, had with Venom, and and that kind of relationship was was interesting because I'm not a big fan of the comics, so I didn't, and I only knew Venom really from Spider-Man Three, and what happened there was just wasn't great so you know this is an interesting this was interesting for me to see from my point of view uh but it it was a it was a pretty solid movie it's definitely worth watching even if you're not a fan of the comics uh if you're not a if you're not really a superhero fan i wouldn't go see it but if you're bored on a you're bored you're bored you have nothing to do um night out you know, want to go see a movie? This is a movie to go see. You know, it's fun to go see with friends or family. Um, I would recommend maybe not seeing it for little kids, but you know, I saw some little kids when I was in the theater. Uh, and I think it's fine. It's nothing too bad. It's PG thirteen, uh, but this movie's a solid Marvel movie. And uh, yeah, I think the Mar- I think this movie was was pretty solid. Like I said. But that's going to wrap it up for today and Case and Company. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, it's a pretty nice day outside. So if you get a chance, go outside, have some fun. And of course, get ready tonight. If you're a Yankee Red Sox fan, get ready for the game. There's a lot of hype around this game. And then, of course, 
a Sunday. We got football. However you support, watch the games on Sunday. And and if you have some extra time, go go out go out and see Venom. Definitely worth checking out. Like I said, and just enjoy your day. It's a, it's another beautiful day, it's a beautiful day to be alive. And uh, thank thank you for taking time to to listen listen to me again. Uh, we're hoping on I'm hoping uh, t- to get more guests on. I know the show's called Case and Company, so I do want to get more guests on. It's just about timing. And I'm definitely working on that. But if you could give me some feedback, some comments about what I'm talking about, maybe some other topics you'd like me to to speak about, um, just leave them in the comments section. I'm finally working on getting the Apple Podcast. It should be up by tomorrow. So this episode will be up there. Um, thanks for tuning in and uh, have a great day. So I, 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 I'm just an icon living.